Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity porn has created a business around making you think that constantly being productive will lead to a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information just for the joy of it and giving you time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things in life. Welcome to episode 15 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. My name is Courtney, and this week I called somebody my moon sister, and I don't think it was received very well. (laughs) And my name is Lydia, and this week I filmed TikToks for a school project. It was about TikTok, so I think I have a little bit of a little bit of leeway there, you know. Yeah, it was great. I managed to bring my obsession of Beetlejuice into my academics by talking about how TikTok affected Beetlejuice. I mean, you just got to tell us the whole story at this point. Well, that's pretty much it. I mean, I took it too far and now there's no going back. (laughs) (laughs) And then I recorded a couple of TikToks and I put them all together and I'm presenting them in class in two weeks. So that should be incredibly cringy. Yeah. I mean, all I have to do is sit there and click play. So it's going to be fine. But I'm so excited. Like all everyone in my class is like 2000, 2001. So it's going to be so fucking awkward. So yeah, wish me luck what with a that, weird guys. Project. Ugh. It be uh, I would hate that. Yeah, would hate yeah, that. yeah. It's I mean, not great. Yeah. It's so stupid. It was a part of the project. It was like write this essay and then do a video about the essay. It's like okay, so you're clearly just gonna watch the video, not give a shit about the essay. And then Obviously. Based on that, <laughs> this is a weird class too. This is the one where I handed in my forty percent project um two weeks late and she gave me full marks for it and only deducted five points for me not showing up on my presentation day so <laughs> welcome to the creative industries wait so what mark <laughs> did you get on the presentation just like a hundred percent minus five percent i got an 85 on the project in total i would have gotten a 90 but i lost five percent because i wasn't there <laughs> what, the, what the fuck uh, yeah guys go to ryerson i mean like people are so nice to creative people it's kind of crazy <laughs> Uh, fellow moon sister. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Courtney's experience yeah, life really viscerally f- this week. Yeah, it's been just like an overall like really awkward week, but yeah, somebody got their period at the same time as me and <laughs> we're, we're new friends, very new friends, don't really know each other that well. And I uh, said, hello, moon sister. And she said, ha ha. <laughs> and the conversation hasn't really progressed since then. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know oh, if it went too well. So oh my God. That's honestly so amazing though. If someone said like, hello, moon sister to me in real life, I think I would be pretty receptive to it. So 
Maybe Thank she's you. just not weird enough for you, Courtney. If, yeah, I mean, that could definitely be it. But it's just unfortunate that the process of realizing that somebody is not weird enough for you is, <laughs> like, embarrassing yourself, essentially, True. you know? You know? Yes, yes. I completely understand that experience. It has happened to me many a times. <laughs> that awkward moment when <laughs> it's literally a definition for my life. Like, <laughs> I get it, girl. Uh, sounds like fun. I mean... Sounds pretty lit. Hey, guess what? I'm learning how to skateboard. <laughs> wow. So you took the snowboarding and just made it all season. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I only got to snowboard once. So now oh, okay. I'm on a skateboarding thing. <laughs> and how's that going? Did you just have a skateboard like lying around? Yeah, we have like a Walmart skateboard <laughs> from when, because um, I live like in my parents' home. So I probably have had it for 15 years so it's absolute garbage um i'm looking into getting a new one but they are very expensive like a good Mm. skateboard is a hundred dollars almost minimum so i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) i can't keep skating on this piece of crap but i don't want to spend 100 dollars. so i really have to figure out if i'm committed to the sport facebook marketplace oh that's such a good idea Mm -hmm. oh dude you're actually kind of a genius for that that's a really good idea you're welcome Thank you. <laughs> but what do you like? What do you mean you're learning to skateboard? Like you're learning to do tricks, or just like distances? <laughs> What's the goal here? <laughs> um, the goal. The goal is to do tricks because okay. for distances, I mean, like everything is uphill in my neighborhood. Mm. It's just a lot to like do that kind of thing. But you need to get comfortable with riding it first. So I'm trying to That's like so just scary. I, I just go why. back and forth on my skateboard sometimes, like up and down <laughs> my street. <laughs> And uh, I learned how to do like a really simple trick uh, the other day. Oh, so wow. that was a really, really joyous moment. You know, me just oh, like cool. dancing in my front yard. I was like, yeah, who saw that? <laughs> who saw that? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's home. <laughs> so that felt really good. I'm looking forward to getting my Ollie. Oh, that's really cool. Eventually. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Remember those like know, ripstick right? skateboards? Yeah, I saw that. Have one that, of those. that used, yeah, those that used to be my thing. Yeah. Yes, me too. Those are the best. They're so much fun. Yeah. And they're kind of like easy enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's hard. The learning curve is pretty Pretty steep. steep. Yeah. But then it's just smooth sailing. Something just like clicks all of a sudden, right? And you're like, oh, I understand how to do it. And then then you just get it. So much fun. Oh, and it feels so good, right? Like Mm. it's just those little things. It really is just the little things in life that just keep you going. <laughs> I've been feeling very inspired by Tony Hawk recently, too. Because he's a skateboarder. Thank you for the clarification. I was just going, <laughs> filing through my brain. <laughs> celebrity, celebrity, celebrity. Can't figure Don't out who that was. I was like, magician, <laughs> actor, athlete. <laughs> kind of athlete kind of athlete mm-hmm. skateboarders skateboarders. skateboarders i like the lingo too did you know that um the saying like oh i got decked it comes from skateboarding because like the board of the skateboard is called a deck and it like hits you in the ankles and it's called getting decked i i don't hang out in the right groups of people to have ever heard that. Oh, you've never used the word decked? <laughs> no. Like when people like get it. hit or something? Never uh, heard oh it. my god, really? <laughs> yeah, really. God. I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> oh, wow. 
oh my god am i tripping have i yeah no i've definitely heard people say that but that, okay <laughs> yeah very interesting I mean. <laughs> just lives in a completely different world okay what's another one the word goofy i don't know if it came from skateboarding but it's a skateboarding term when you ride goofy, when you like snowboarding but maybe snowboarding came oh, from skateboarding yeah maybe they seem to be very parallel in the world mm. there could be something there let us know guys let us know i feel in like the, yeah <laughs> i feel like skateboarding snowboarding and surfing are just all the same thing on different mediums you know and i feel like they all yeah. use the same lingo and terms and like Ooh. same vibes and same people totally you know what i mean yes yeah, yeah you're 100 right oh my gosh that's so cool there's a skateboarding youtube channel that i've been like watching because obviously i need to learn how to skateboard um and they also do surfing videos so you definitely oh, there you go <laughs> That's good. See, this is a precursor to me eventually learning how to surf in Tofino. So if you guys have been paying attention since episode one, it's been my dream. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the ongoing storyline. One day, guys. One day. (laughs) One day. I'll get out on the surf. And Courtney will absolutely destroy me in the surf. I already know it. You're going to be so much better than me. You've already had practice. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Quite minimally. (laughs) <laughs> quite minimally i don't yeah i mean i don't know if i'd need lessons again i feel like i would I feel like i would yeah that's fine i mean i would need lessons too so we could go together you know it would be Perfect. cool if we could both surf on a wave and high five each other as we pass by that would really make all my dreams come true all right we'll work on that one we'll definitely Perfect. work on it <laughs> <laughs> from what i remember they kind of yell at you when you get too close to people but oh. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> It's fine. We play by our own rules, okay? Yeah. Concussion doesn't matter. We're we're in it to win it. We have one goal. Imagine? Do you have to wear helmets when you're surfing? We're no. like the only ones wearing helmets. They're like, why do you have helmets? We're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh God. That'd be amazing. Hey everyone, welcome to the section of the podcast where we talk about the polls. Um, So last week we talked about some really fun stuff, cannibalism and the Olympics. So let's get into it. The first question on the Instagram was, would you try lab-grown human meat? 75% of you said no thank you. (laughs) Which I found a little shocking, I'm not gonna lie. I thought Mm -hmm. more people would be curious about what it tasted like or about what would happen or something like that but people still said no so yeah i guess you all just aren't ready for the future (laughs) yeah i mean i said no but it's because i'm a vegetarian so i wouldn't eat but i guess it doesn't matter if it's lab grown exactly because that's what you were saying last week about the molecular level and about how technically it's vegetarian and vegan because it's human meat that was the other argument but this is technically vegetarian well then you know what I might try it. I might. I know I can't change my answer now. I can't change the stats, but I, you know what, guys? I might try it. I forgot that (laughs) if it's lab grown, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I think twice. I retract my answer. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The second question was, would you try human meat if there was a guarantee that you wouldn't get sick? 80% 80% of you said no, which is understandable, I guess. It's understandable, but I'm also shocked that it's not 100%. I guess that is a we little have, concerning, We have followers. Isn't it? 
Yeah. Like, I mean, oh my God. all power to you. We so don't judge here, but like, <laughs> that's interesting. The next question we had was, would you want the Olympics to come to your city? 83% of you said no, which is kind of everything because obviously you listen to the podcast or at least you saw some of the stuff that was going on on Instagram because we were very, very clear. <laughs> Courtney was very clear about how bad the Olympics is for the economy and how it causes homelessness and even in some cases, murder. So thank you all for that. The next question was, have you ever been to the Olympics, watched or competed? Now, for this one, I didn't realize there was going to be any confusion, but apparently among some of us on this podcast, <laughs> there was a little bit of confusion. There was a little bit of confusion. I will say that three people indicated that they have been to the Olympics and two of those answers are wrong. So the <laughs> yes, stats should be very different. The person. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, 83% of you, obviously, you know. The Olympics are just a part of your life that, like, you just kind of are there to experience. Like, you don't go out of your way to really care about the Olympics, to really, like, go to them, and you don't make it a part of your day to, like, really think that they're important. So it makes sense that only 83% of you would want them to come to your city, because 83% of you literally could care less. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was great. And um, thank you for swiping on the like if you thought that I would make an attractive man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Tune in on Tuesday next week for and Tuesday slash Wednesday for more polls about this episode. Woo! Have a great one. Check us out at very.unimportant.people on Instagram. And yeah, enjoy the rest of the show. Enjoy the episode. Have a wedding right. update. Oh, yeah. Sorry, this is so fast. So no, the bride no, no, take away. Yeah. sent me a TikTok yesterday through Facebook, too, which was kind of funny. Like, just use TikTok, but I guess whatever. Um, <laughs> that was a tangent. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the app. I really want to sh- Okay, so it's because I told you guys that I was going to be the flower girl, right? Mm-hmm. So she sent me this video of this man like dancing to a song down the aisle with a fanny pack of rose petals yes <laughs> and he's like chucking them at random intervals sometimes in the air he's being really sassy with it he's like throwing them at people into the audience at the was this like a request <laughs> please tell me she wants you to do that yay <laughs> amazing okay so this is where we need the merch Okay, because it sounds like you can just run away with it creatively, the whole experience. So I just throw very unimportant people stickers at everybody. Or just like wear a t-shirt. Maybe the fanny pack is a VUP fanny pack or just you know, some kind of plug. Even the smallest oh, little plug. Pretty, I'm going to do it. I swear to God. Okay, okay, also, like the whitest thing ever, but I'm honestly so on board. Like I, I love it. I think it's so amazing. Oh, I'm glad that she has like a good sense of humor yeah yeah and you know i think she like understands me pretty well too to send me that and know that i would be the one to pull it off and actually go through with it that you're gonna be like hell yeah yeah (laughs) on it already have the fanny pack like ready to go meet you outside two minutes show up with vup merch (laughs) oh god oh so amazing (laughs) oh yeah that's my wedding update (laughs) 
I'm so excited for you. I hope that you're able to get somebody to videotape it for us. Oh, oh I will. So that we can I'll share it maybe ask. with our, our Patreon listeners. listeners. Hmm. Guys, if you want to see it, start start saving your pennies. <laughs> uh, totally worth it, though. I mean, like, you guys, you have to see that shit. Like. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no, should we um, thank our musical guests before we jump into our opinions? Yes, of course. Oh, my gosh. Guys, this week... <laughs> All right, there was a little moment where we weren't sure who was going to talk. <laughs> okay, so this week, we had the Sitters and the Makers for that amazing intro song that you just heard. Um, that song is called Dr. Orangutan. Oh my god, the amount of joy and serotonin I get from this song, it's like, yeah. it's so incredible. It just brings me so much joy. I like how they said that he got his undergrad in being glad. I mean... It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it just like it is instantly amazing. just lifted the just like fog hanging over me, you know? Like just instantly <laughs> cured my depression. Just listening to that song, I was like, yes. It makes me depression so happy. Gone. Stonks. Stonks. Yeah. It's so good. It's that's a really good tone for the podcast. I'm not gonna lie. It does. To open it up like that. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Sisters and the Sitters. If you guys like that, make sure to check them out on Spotify, please. The Sitters and the Makers on Spotify, Dr. Orangutan. I mean, I'm not going to spell out Orangutan for you. You got that. You can do it. (laughs) Because we can't. No, that's exactly (laughs) maybe the reason not. We have hope 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 for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, and thank you so much for opening up and closing the podcast this week, you guys. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. You're the best. I will be streaming your song nonstop for the next four days. <laughs> the next 100 listeners that you receive on your Spotify are all Lydia. Oh, it's actually so true. I do that every week. Every time we get a new song on, I stream it like a hundred times. That's not even. That's not even an over exaggeration. I have a problem. <laughs> so, guys, if you oh want your song streamed a hundred times for free, okay. just send them to us. Anyways. <clears throat> Take it away! It is my turn <laughs> to go first this week. And this week, I want to talk about, like, the art industry um, and how I think art is based more on mob mentality than it is on actual talent. And it's pretty much mm-hmm. just a popularity contest. But before I, like, jump into my opinion, I just want to preface this opinion with, like, I'm not saying that artists are not talented, I think artists are very talented and I think they deserve lots of wealth and recognition, but I'm more just like bashing like museums and people who buy art than the artists. Okay. So I'm not mad at artists. I love artists. You're talented. You do way more than I could ever do. So I'm just prefacing (laughs) that opinion with that. Um, So this opinion kind of came to me this week while I was walking to class and I was listening to the song. It's called Bored and Blind by Ella Jane and she was talking about Mona Lisa and then it got me thinking about Mona Lisa and I was like like Mona Lisa is a good painting yeah like you have me there but why is it the most popular painting in the entire world like that's the part that I was like it's good but is it that good 
Was it revolutionary for the time, maybe? Like that sort of detailed face painting? Not, not really. Hmm. Not really. So there's a couple of factors that play into why Mona Lisa is so popular, uh, which I spent my entire class looking up. Why Mona <laughs> Lisa good, is so good popular. Time, time usage. <laughs> really good use of time. Um, sure. <laughs> so the Mona Lisa has kind of always been like revered in the art critic world because like it is a good painting and it is painted by Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. And like when artists die, their art becomes more valuable and like more revered um, because yeah. there's like a scarcity of it. So it's mm-hmm. always been like super popular in the art world, but like the general public really didn't care about it. Um, and it's actually interesting because there's a lot of debate about like who Mona Lisa actually is. And I kind of wanted to talk about that just a little bit before we yeah. actually jump into like what my opinion is really about. Um, so Da Vinci began painting the Mona Lisa when he was living in Italy, but he didn't mm-hmm. finish it until he moved to France, okay? And this mm-hmm. causes, like, a lot of debate because a lot of people think that it's a portrait, right? Yeah. But if it was a portrait, he would have had to, like, have Mona Lisa in front of him while he was painting it. So it doesn't make much sense that he started it in one place and finished it in the other. And then the other part that confuses people is that, like, all of the portraits that he did of just like one person were commissioned piece of art. So like people would like pay him oh, to like okay. paint their wife or like something like that. So people are kind of confused as to why he kept this one if it was a mm-hmm. portrait of someone because like technically it should have been for someone. So there's a lot of people that actually think it's a self-portrait of himself. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the um, she's a woman. So he died in He died in France and he was buried in France in 1519 and Italy's National Committee for Cultural Heritage is undertaking an investigation where they're planning on digging up his skull so that they can recreate his face to see if he is actually Mona Lisa. Wait, what? Yeah, isn't that wild? Right? Oh my god. (laughs) So it could just be him. And then I also stumbled upon somebody's it was either their master's thesis or their like PhD dissertation they did it on Da Vinci and the Mona Lisa and they were actually saying that the face of Mona Lisa is actually a face that's used in a lot of Da Vinci's other art pieces like it's very similar so Mm -hmm. this person has a theory that it's actually just like a face that he was working with just like a creature of Da Vinci's brain and not a real person yeah, someone um, he saw on the street one day and mis- mishmashed a couple of people's faces together. It's mm-hmm. interesting. And the painting actually isn't finished. That's that's oh, another what? thing that's kind of wild. It's like one of the most popular paintings in the entire world, um, but it's actually not finished. Like if you look at a What's... lot of Da Vinci's pieces, there's a lot of like finishing features that he puts on his art pieces and like a certain varnish that he puts on top, but he never actually finished Mona Lisa. Oh my God. I don't know if that's a confirmed fact or if that's just a theory. <laughs> But I read that's it a really, lot on the internet that it wasn't actually a finished piece. That is so that's really a little cool. background. That definitely adds a lot of value to it, I think. It adds mm-hmm. mystique. It's mm-hmm. unfinished. Who knows what could have happened, you know? Um, so back to his popularity. So it wasn't really known in the general public or cared about in the general public for a really long time. And that was until 1911. Okay. And there is this man named Vince. Vincen, Vincenzo, I think okay. he's, I think he's Italian, so I think it's Vincenzo, Vincenzo. Pergula, 
Okay. And he worked at the Louvre. And one day he hid inside a closet until the Louvre shut down for the night. And then he (laughs) stole the Mona Lisa. I'm obsessed. Okay. (laughs) That's awesome. Because he wanted, um, because Da Vinci was Italian, he didn't think it was right that the Mona Lisa was in France. So he Mm. stole it to return it to its homeland. Okay. (sighs) And he had the Mona Lisa for two years. Okay. Wow. Wasn't in the Louvre. And the next day, like when the people came in, it took them an entire day to even notice that it was missing. Like no one cared about the Mona Lisa. They didn't even know that it was missing. Like there was a whole ass empty wall and they were like, they had no idea. That's Um, hilarious. So while it was stolen, um, basically the government and like the Louvre started um, like hyping up the story they were printing it on all these newspapers handing out flyers with the picture of the mona lisa on it and like the public loved it and it became this whole thing and people actually started visiting the louvre to take pictures of its empty place oh my god like the buzz around it became so big because this guy stole it oh wow Mm -hmm. it's only famous because he stole it it's only famous because he stole it and (laughs) so they eventually found it two years later um, when he tried to sell it to a gallery in Florence. I don't know why he did that. That was such oh. a stupid idea. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they like toured it around Florence for two weeks. Oh. They were like, Take here a look you at go. It. <laughs> you can look at it for two weeks. And then they took it back. They returned it to the Louvre. But it was basically that one man that made the Mona Lisa so popular. Wow. Um, And now the Mona Lisa has her own room, like her own dedicated room in the Louvre. She has a whole ass like glass pyramid that sits on top of her. She receives fan mail. She has her own mailbox because people love her so much. Yeah. And it's all Um, because I stole it. Like it has nothing to do really with the actual piece of art that it is. Um, And a lot of people. Wow. A lot of people have tried to um, actually destroy it. So in the years, it's had acid thrown at it, um, a rock, <laughs> sp- a spray paint, a coffee cup, and now it sits behind bulletproof glass. Oh, oh. <laughs> people keep trying to destroy it. Glass? Why? Yeah. Just for, uh, oh, oh. for like, a painting. Oh, I have a theory that if it got okay. destroyed, it would be even more popular. Oh, 100%. Would add even more hype onto it. Like, the Mona Lisa has, like, a piece of spray paint on it now. And then they would be like, for 200 years, this painting has been untarnished <laughs> until one day someone came in. Oh, Apparently, so though, cool. you can actually still see some of the damage from when a rock was thrown at it. So there is some damage mm-hmm. on the Mona Lisa now from people trying oh, to destroy really cool. it. <laughs> um so yeah, this whole story of the Mona Lisa kind of led me into this whole little bit of a rabbit hole about thinking about like, why is art really so expensive and why is art so hyped up? And mm. the art industry is kind of alarming. Okay? okay. So like, there's a lot of talented artists, you know, on TikTok, oh, yeah. on social media, like you run into a lot of really talented people, but most artists will never make anything Mm -hmm. um and so one thing that makes people's art more expensive is when they die we talked about that um Mm -hmm. the most expensive as well Mm -hmm. yeah it's like that scarcity thing it's like oh there's only there's no more of this being produced if i have this then like 
Yeah. It's kind of sad though. They're just profiting off of them not even being alive anymore. Like where's that money going towards? Mm -hmm. It's, it's just another way to earn some cash for the label or for the art museum selling company. I mean, I guess art is much more different because it's like historical pieces, but still. Hmm. It reminds me of that um, Black Bear poem. Yeah. You know, that when about how he'll be worth more. Yeah. How he'll be more famous when he dies. He's just like wondering if his story is going on too long. Anyways, um, the most expensive piece of art sold by a living artist, okay, was valued at $91.1 million. Million was that dollars? That's that's too much money. <laughs> okay, and it's it's was, was it's fast? a yeah. metal statue of a rabbit. Like, oh, let me see if what? I can find it for you. I don't get it. Why was Art it for ninety one? A metal statue of a rabbit. A metal statue of a rabbit. Why? What? What was the hype surrounding this one? Why was it um, so? It's the artist. And expensive? Oh, it's because of the artist. Hold on, hmm. let me just share this with you. Can you see it? Wait, which one am I sharing? <laughs> not what I expected. Yeah, yeah, you're sharing it. It looks cute. It's like a cyberpunk bunny. Yeah, but for $91.1 million? What the fuck? Three foot tall, guys. <laughs> what are we not doing? Big. It's not Who that has cool. that much money? This man is set for life. Like, you just literally set up that artist for the rest of their life. Okay. Diminish the wealth to other artists? Have you thought about Hold that? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> okay, Before you get angry... Before you get angry, the artist is Jeff Koons. He will make $0 off of that sale. The sale only That's goes to worse. the previous owner and the gallery, the, sorry, the auction house. So oh, the auction house okay. made $11.1 million off of it. And then the previous owner made $80 million off of that art piece. Mm-hmm. How much did uh, he originally it. make off of the piece? I don't yeah. know. That sucks. I wasn't That's able to find that. That's just how copyright works, though. Like, once you own mm. a piece of art, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. It's like reselling CDs or reselling a blockbuster, like, VHS movie or, like, recently Harry Potter books. If you resell the Harry Potter book for, like, $200 because it has, like, a spelling mistake in it, like, she's not going to get any of that profit. I was reading something, though, that, um, like, artists are trying to do something now where they get royalties similar to books musicians oh to books books yeah because yeah, authors still kind of get royalties off of like secondary sales where artists don't like once yeah. they sell their piece of art that's it doesn't matter what happens to it mm-hmm. um i mean i love that they should definitely do that because that's yeah. fucked up <laughs> like that poor guy is <laughs> so probably <sad>. like <laughs> yeah like, 91 million dollars <laughs> i mean it probably made all of his like other art more valuable really so like i'm sure he's doing fine but it is kind of sad that like he doesn't get to see the profits of his art a single penny oh Mm. man he's not gonna see any of it that's so fucked up (laughs) yeah and so basically for like a living artist to be valued um they have to be represented by a gallery that's like the first step to being valued by an artist and then in order to be represented by a gallery, you often need a master's degree of fine arts. Okay. Oh. Hmm. And these degrees cost about $38,000 a year. Oh, so they're not shit. very accessible to most people. Um, and then 77.6% of people who are able to make a living through art are white. And mm, 80% no. of all art school graduates are also white. Oh my God. 
a little that's, bit that's a little not bit of an issue <laughs> so to make money <laughs> as an artist there's a lot there's a lot of obstacles of essentially yeah. to make money of as an artist you already have to be rich and white and male actually oh yeah i am that's so yeah. fucked up that's so sad uh-huh wow mm-hmm. and then um upsetting so the the price of a piece of art is based more off of the gallery that it's in or the art dealer that's trying to sell it than the artist. So basically, like, if you're at a gallery and there's an unknown artist and a very well-known artist, their pieces are going to be priced kind of the same because the gallery is actually what matters, not the art. Oh, my God. And if that piece of art was at a different gallery or there was, like, a different, um, what is it called, art dealer selling that yeah, piece of yeah. art it would be valued at a different price so it That's so doesn't strange. really have much to do with the art really and weird then, business practices <laughs> and then the gallery and the dealer take 50 percent of the profits off of that like first oh. sale and Aww. then the artist doesn't get to see any of the other profits oh and then if you want to go to art fairs if you're like an artist and you're like wow i want reached people to you know buy my art mm-hmm. it costs between fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars to rent out a stall at an art fair where wealthy collectors are so you need a hundred thousand dollars and if your painting doesn't even get sold then you're out that much money (gasps) literally what the hell i didn't know that the art world was this blocked up and gate capped and just it's pretty yeah by money that's so sad um and then one person said that the art market pretty much functions as what they call like a consensus machine so they're basically saying that like people look to see if the artist has an exhibition at a museum um and if other influential people have bought their art and that's how people decide what the quality of the art is So just Mm. like everyone comes to an agreement that like that person's piece of art is worth more because other people have bought it and they're at a museum. And again, it doesn't really have much to do with like the art piece. It's you have to be such a influencer in your own field (laughs) to have this network where you're able to sell your Mm -hmm. paintings to random people who are willing to pay over a billion dollars for your shit. Like, but it's basically literally just wow, like you're networking. Like the whole thing about art is like, you know how they say like beauty is in the eye of the beholder or whatever. Yeah. Like that's the whole issue with the art, like not issue with the art industry, but like thing that makes it so easy to exploit and use for other things is that like as long as a bunch of people just decide this piece of art is more valuable than that one. It is, you know, like in most other things, there's like standards of quality or like something that you can price something at, but Mm -hmm. art is completely subjective. So it literally is just like whatever people decide it to be, that's what it is. And um, the rich are really taking over. (laughs) Like, how can they decide what is tasteful and what isn't tasteful? I don't know what year this was, but it was in a recent year. 
I think it was the year that this okay. guy's um, art was sold. When was that? Hold on, let me just find the year. That's 2019. So I'm going to say 2019. In 2019, uh, 25% <laughs> of artists accounted for 50% of all contemporary auction sales. Whoa. Um, and only three of those people, only three of those artists were women. Um, so this Ooh. whole like scarcity thing also exists for living artists because it's only like a very few amount of artists whose art is actually being bought and sold mm -hmm. at the auction level. Um, so it still is a scarcity thing of like, there's only Jesus. like this one person and they only create like this many art pieces a year. So like this is more valuable because everyone else is trying to buy this one piece of art. Right. Economists say that there is a psychic benefit of owning art, okay? And they say that this is like a three-part thing. So the psychic benefit comes from the feeling of supporting an artist, which we've already determined sure. doesn't really work that way um, because <laughs> unless you're buying it directly from the artist, either somebody is taking 50% of that cut or the artist isn't actually seeing <laughs> every single penny. Because somebody's already bought it for <laughs> yeah. them. Um, the feeling of enjoyment that the art provides, which is like a legitimate argument, I think. And then the third one, the last one that I think is really interesting is the prestige of owning art. Oh, so it's a way yeah. to display your wealth to everyone else. You know, like yes. if you walk into like office buildings or like fancy houses, there's huge pieces of art from like well-known yeah. Oh, it's the first thing you see. Oh man. They're really in competition with each other <laughs> out there, trying to see who can get the more expensive art piece. And then if you do have the more expensive art piece, good for rich people. It's a conversation starter. If they can talk about art, I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, but this brings me to like kind of the final place that I landed was that rich people are actually using um, purchasing art for tax fraud. I don't know if you've heard about this, but they're actually using it to evade taxes. What? No, I haven't heard about that. So basically what they do is they will get their piece of art valued by somebody. Mm -hmm. So they say, I have this piece of art. I'm going to pay this art person to come and value it for, let's say, $10 million. Okay. Okay. That piece of art is valued at $10 million. If they donate it to a museum, they get a $10 million tax break. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <gasps> Oh my god, so take it, it's so easy. Evade taxes. And there's a couple ways. So that's one of the ways that they do it. <laughs> the other way is that as long as they keep money circulating and buying art, they don't have to pay capital gains on it. So if you pay for a $1 million painting and then you mm -hmm. sell it for $5 million, as long as you spend that $4 million um, profit, or plan to spend it, I guess, on buying another piece of art, you don't have to pay capital gains on it. So if you just keep that money okay. circulating and buying art, you can keep growing it as much as you want without ever paying taxes what on it. What the fuck? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and then the third way that people do it, which is absolutely insane, is that a lot of collectors have started opening their own private galleries and museums because they have profits oh. that are bigger than the Louvre whose profit is $7.3 million a year. Like, that's not a lot. Like, you couldn't even yeah. make a dent in that $91 million art piece. Um, <laughs> so they open their own galleries or museum, and because it's open to the public, they get a whole crap ton of tax breaks. 
on yeah, they have their own business. the value of the art. Yeah. <laughs> oh my fucking God. <gasps> if you ever meet a rich person and they're just like, yeah, I own an art gallery, just know there is some shady shit some going shady. on there. Yeah. It's That's just, so it seems like the art industry is no longer like for the artists in any way. Like it's just a way for rich people to build their wealth, brag about their wealth, gatekeep their wealth yeah i mean and, like you so have true. to be rich to become an artist too like that's the other weird part is like even to get into this industry yeah you already have to be like pretty well off and doing well yeah i don't understand sometimes not to like put too much to like dirt on some people's art but i keep seeing these tiktoks of these people just making really random paintings splatters random mm. scrapes of like mod podge on a canvas or something like that and they said that it sells for whatever 19 million dollars online really expensive like a lot of the art it doesn't yeah. seem like there is too much skill really being put into it like maybe the artist is very skilled but that particular painting possibly mm. isn't selling or isn't like their best work but it's just this popular thing that these people want which i think is kind of putting a really weird strain on the art industry itself because now people are replicating these and they're like nice i'm gonna make money now i just painted a painting that's also gonna make me money like it's kind of sad because art is supposed to be a creative outlet for a lot of people mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be this thing where you're you feel like you're forced to make money and you feel like the only way that your art is worth anything is if you're in this like elite group of people who are making like eight million dollars or something like that i mean i love it for scam the rich like all these idiots are buying these like random ass paintings but, but it's, it's not, not scamming the rich because the rich are able to then use that <laughs> that's so to true build their wealth and evade taxes. taxes yeah oh just because like mm. the fact that art is subjective means that they can pretty much just get it valued for yeah just a random and number probably pay off that value person oh, just like a, a, a cool one million dollars to be like mm -hmm. value this much higher than you typically would value it yeah like, and like I no need, one can argue with that thousand dollars yeah exactly yes. they're like you're right this painting of splatters is gorgeous and <laughs> definitely, and i read yeah. I read an article that was touching on that, like, fact that you just brought up about how a lot of, like, especially abstract paintings, mm -hmm. people are always like, I could literally do that. Or, like, my toddler did that last week kind of thing. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just paint, like, thrown at a canvas or, like, a black square on a canvas or, like, just white paint oh, on a white canvas I, yeah. or whatever. And they were trying to defend it. They were like, oh, well, those aren't, like, isolated art pieces. Like, that's a culmination of, like, the artist's like entire right your kind their of whole thing. work and that's yeah, why they can just... sell that piece of art for so much more than like your toddler can but that it's still proves name. like how much of a popularity contest it is and like exactly how much of a it's mob a mentality thing it is like it has nothing to do with like the actual talent of the artist or the actual like art that they're producing it's just yeah it's just buying the name that's all it is yeah oh my god Buy bragging wow. rights. You're buying. We've really let them rights. get away with this for that long, eh? <laughs> That's pretty sad. <laughs> I mean, it's good that like artists are getting some money, but I wish they would distribute the wealth much more evenly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of it's pretty fucked up that you have to be rich to become an artist. That's not, I feel like that's not typically how it is. That's why there's so much money going towards one painting. It's also kind of alarming how much money there is in the world and it's being spent thrown away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. $91 million. That is, 
like you have that much money to actually put towards a painting that itself is a little freaky deaky (laughs) it just like it just so messes up my brain that rich people are just making up prices to make themselves richer like it wasn't even the artist that valued that piece of art at that much like that person bought that piece of art for a lot less Mm mm-hmm and then brought it to an auction with a bunch of rich people who just all drove oh. the price of it up. And that guy ended up making $80 million. That's so fucked up. Probably a couple million dollar purchase just because everyone just decided to drive up the price. And like they all have that money to pay. I just, oh, I don't get it. That really doesn't make any sense, dude. Recently in the art industry, there's been this like um, new idea. I'm, 100, I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, I think it's called like non-fungible tokens or something like that. And it's a way Mm. that you can trademark your piece of art where it's just this specific code and only that person owns like that original piece of art. And I kind of wonder, since that original code is tied back to the artist, is it possible if it resells for like $6,000 more than you originally sold it for, since that Mm. code is attached to your name, would you be able to make royalties off it? Like is is the online like digital world of owning art kind of a new way for artists to get some money off of these sales that are making people 91 million dollars <laughs> yeah because that would be that would be really interesting that would be a cool would like since we're starting this whole new art thing we should mm-hmm. fucking give some people some royalties and give them some ownership over the stuff that they make <laughs> yeah that'd be a good way to do it so that you can't right like, we're already working on making this new world them. maybe we can also <laughs> yeah it's literally <laughs> theft <laughs> like, that's such a good way of putting it oh Hopefully the and it's like, I on. don't know who to be mad at, too. That's the thing. Like, I'm oh, mad yeah. at the rich people for stealing from the artists, but then I'm also mad at the art industry for only letting a couple of artists be successful. Because mm-hmm. even though those people are stealing from the artists, those artists are, like, doing fine. Like, they're, you know. That's true. That's true. They're, they're doing, doing absolutely okay. fine. And they're sick and yeah, fun their just, art. I don't know. They're living comfortable lives. Yeah. They make enough money to be happy, I guess. <laughs> oh, shit. Such theft. Yeah, Jeff Koons, who's the guy who created the piece of art that sold for $91 million, his net worth is $400 million. Ooh. So he, like, I'm sure he's probably doing fine. I mean, he's, doing, he's doing great for an artist, especially. <laughs> so, it's like, I'm, who am I mad at? I don't even know. Oh my gosh. Jeff oh, Koons, I have the a rich little people. bit of like a, a stupid art story for you. Yeah, okay. Um, I learned about this like kind of artist thing that was happening in class the other day. So some, um, I'm pretty sure it was a contemporary artist. He walked into a gallery and he duct taped a banana onto the wall in a random place. And people came to see the banana. Like, he created hype around it for literally no reason. People came to see the banana. They took pictures with the banana. It was being sold for a ridiculous amount of money. I will... Hold on. I will try to look it up. Okay, well, $120 million... uh, $1,000, my bad. So, for a banana? $120 million. My bad. Yeah, for for a banana taped to the wall. It was being sold for that much, right? And then uh, about a week later... um he got his wife to take the banana off the wall and eat it (laughs) and and then it was worth even more (laughs) oh man and there was this other one um of this like artist his name is uh basquiat i believe and there was this like he kind of had this whole like against the whole capitalistic mindset that's in the art industry so 
there was this picture that he created. It was like this original print of this little girl holding a red balloon. And it's very popular. You might've seen it. It's like kind of used in popular media now. Um, mm-hmm. And it was set up. It, it went to like this different Um, auction place and he wasn't going to make any money off of the sale but he was there and he was kind of watching it all happen and the second it sold for like a ridiculous amount of money somewhere in the millions the second it sold he pressed a remote control button and it shredded the image it completely shredded the photo he installed a shredder in the frame so that it ripped it in half (laughs) pretty cool right and then guess what instead of doing what it intended it's probably more valuable even more yeah you can never beat capitalism you can never defeat it (laughs) yeah like he really tried to make a statement but then the rich people were like oh no no you're not getting away with that it's worth more now he shreds on the ground you tried to destroy my wealth you built it up try harder try harder Oh, painting self-destructs after $1.4 million sale. He said, nope. He said, fuck you, capitalism. And they said, fuck you right back. They really did. Literally. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. Art. Art. Anyways. So, yeah. The art industry is kind of a lie. Only really works for the rich and is completely built off of popularity mob mentality doesn't really have to do with like doesn't really correlate with actual talent again not to say that the artists whose art is being sold for a lot aren't talented but i'm not sure like if they're actually 91.1 million dollars more talented (laughs) than other people yeah i agree there's a lot of artists out here (laughs) yeah real talented people Oh, I get gosh. why just a couple of people. Art isn't created to be a scam for the rich to get out of paying taxes. That's not the reason no. art exists. It's very sad that it's being turned into mm. a freaking crime. <laughs> Tax evasion. <laughs> Capitalism do be like just ruining everything. Even the arts, mm-hmm. which are supposed to like always just be a separate thing. But yeah. Oh, well. So sad. Such is life. People still need to make money. Such is life. He's got that bag of chicks, his lollipops and slapping sticks, his tongue antidepressors got you up. Some say he'll never think pharmaceutical notes in invisible ink, and when he smiles there, while well, you might see behind the tooth. <clears throat> okay, everyone, let's continue on with this kind of vein of capitalism. What's going on in the world? Why are things being valued so highly, and then why are they being so uh, cherished because of their high value. Let's jump into the world of crystals. Okay, this is going to be kind of a (laughs) two-parter, maybe three-parter. I mean, we'll see. Um, Let me just start with how I got here. So basically, um, I haven't completely figured out if I'm like a crystal person or not. Um, So I bought like this rock that I saw on TikTok. It's called Moldavite. And apparently it has like some crazy powers and it's supposed to like... Oh, that's one that's supposed to like fuck your life up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like in, a, in kind of like a good way. Crying, yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, it's like the change you need, but you're too scared to, to do. Apparently my life is perfect because nothing happened. So, <laughs> so I was like doing what I needed to for a really long time. I've had it for about like four months now and 
I don't know. I guess I guess I'm not ready for a big change. That's what I eventually figured out. Like I saw a TikTok yeah. that was like, if nothing's happening, it just means you're not ready. You're not in the right life place. I was like, you know what? Seems like a very convenient argument that they have lined up for why. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like so horoscopes. It's it's kind of in the same vein. I'm not gonna. Lie. They're just gonna blame it on you. So, it's not working because something's wrong with you. Yeah, because we can't you explain aren't it. ready. It's a problem it's with you. Rock. Obviously, your personality. the rocks work perfectly fine. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> it's not your it's not your experience. It's your personality, personality. just so you know. It's who you are. <laughs> it's who you are as a person that we dislike. <laughs> okay. So I was cleaning um, my plants kind of thing. I was like reorganizing a little bit and I keep my moldavite on there. And then randomly out of nowhere, there was a little bit of a chain reaction where I pushed one paw and then that pushed the other one and then that pushed the other one. And then my moldavite, I heard like this ping and it fell on the ground and I was like where the fuck is it and I looked down on the ground and I just like here it go down my vent so it's gone (laughs) and apparently that means that if moldavite disappears from your life it just means that you really are not ready for it and apparently it'll reappear when you become ready for it okay so looking forward to that thing just levitating out of my vent I'm really excited like when your like dad (laughs) cleans the vent yeah, you know, it like ended up in the basement. It's like, like, hey, I found this of yours, and you're gonna be like, <gasps> back in oh, my hey. life. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Okay, so I kind of have like a couple things here. I want to start with do do rocks actually work? Like, do they actually have this like kind of healing power? of what people say that they do so there is literally no science that suggests that rocks and crystals actually work and the only science i could really find about it um they'll they'll say stuff like negative energy is being drawn out by the rock and replaced with fresh vibes (laughs) and vibrations are the same level of humans and we work together in harmony with the rocks and stuff like that the vibration thing might be a little bit true hold on yeah what do you mean vibrations what's vibrating everything vibrates what a what an explanation (laughs) you're right i understand it now thank you for that good i'm glad you got it (laughs) okay that's it that's the only explanation they gave me i'm not gonna lie i don't really understand everything vibrates so it does rocks work apparently they put they put quartz in radios and wristwatches because it something with the radio wave vibration signal and everything vibrates so you know everything has a, has a power has a force i don't know what the science is behind it it's not science Courtney. i'm just wondering how that makes a correlation between humans and rocks like everything vibrates therefore rocks affect because humans? humans and rocks vibrate at the same frequency i don't understand Does what that, that means sense? no what do you mean we vibrate at the, like, vibrate. Are we about, like the atoms like <laughs> What are we talking about? Yeah, what energy. do you mean that they vibrate? Yeah, probably atoms. That sounds right. <laughs> okay, wait, say that like, again. Ding. We vibrate at the same frequency, so what's the argument? Rocks have an effect on humans because it's the same vibration, so it's something we can understand and something that draws I feel like they the just like took a scientific fact and they were like, <laughs> yeah, I know. we're going to use that. 
we're gonna use that no, to that's just exactly what say it sounds that like it works that's, that's all we got guys that's literally all we got for those of you people who are also kind of trying to get on this whole like multivite rose quartz train like there's nothing that's really substantial that's really gonna help you except okay i found a youtube experiment which um i don't know how credible it is but i thought it was really interesting so this woman um had four pots of plants um she kept them in one same kind of like uh, control area and one had a crystal in it and one didn't and one was using fertilizer and one was using fertilizer plus a crystal the ones with the crystals did like exponentially better like they had fuller leaves they like grew a lot stronger and taller and like all this cool stuff and i thought that was really interesting because it isn't on humans so it kind of doesn't prove that like prove rocks that work much, on yeah. humans because it's plants and like rocks it's kind of cool that they like grow at different well rocks affect plants because like for example if you mix limestone in with soil it changes the ph of the soil yeah they have minerals and stuff so yeah rocks do affect plants yeah. so yeah so thanks, that was lady. her experiment <laughs> You're right. Yep. They work on humans. Yep. <laughs> Despite it all now. this, it is a $1 billion industry. Oh my god. <laughs> People are making a hell of money off of rocks. It dates back 6,000 years to ancient Sumerians in Mesopotamia, which is, like, pretty cool. I mean, I kind of love it. Like, it's it helps people and pretty much we've chalked it up to the placebo effect, mm -hmm. everybody. And listen, I'm about to blow your minds with some freaking science because okay. the placebo effect is actually ridiculous how well it works. It yeah. is insane. Okay, so let's start with something a little bit light. There was this experiment done in the University of London. This psychologist, this French psychologist. Oh, sorry, he's not French. His last name is French. <laughs> Christopher <laughs> French. <laughs> he gave 80 volunteers books. <laughs> sorry, that was rough. 80 volunteers he gave them booklets explaining sensations they might have when holding crystals, including tingling and some warmth in their hand from holding the rock. And then he gave half of the participants genuine gemstones, and the other half were given fakes made out of cheap plastic and glass. Those holding the fake ones were just as likely to respond physically as the ones holding the real ones. And they gave pretty much the exact same things, and through suggestion, the power of suggestion, not energy flowing, is to credit for not the vibrations <laughs> apparently glass and plastic vibrate at the same um thing as humans too so. <laughs> they should have looked that up <laughs> before they did the experiment ah, idiots <laughs> idiots god Dumb. scientists in 2000 vibrate one just yeah everything vibrates god <laughs> give, me, yeah. give me my phd We're... please nasa <laughs> That should be my thing. NASA, I'm stop exploring the ocean. <laughs> exploring the space. Um, so that's the placebo in that. And mm -hmm. the placebo in medicine, medicine as we call it, is kind of insane. Mm -hmm. um, so there's been like a bunch of studies that patients who are dealing with like pain and symptoms, I have to stress this, it's a way to deal with symptoms such as like pain and sometimes stomach issues it doesn't it's not a cure for mm -hmm. like anything it's just to deal with like side symptoms so yeah. when patients are told they're receiving a drug that will ease pain they respond twice as well as when they're just given the drug secretly um so 
it kind of suggests that a large portion of prescription drugs effectiveness just comes from the power of suggestion of telling you that it's going to be this thing um okay so you might stop trusting doctors after this i don't know if that's too big of a claim hopefully hopefully this works because when i read this article i was a little bit shook it was kind of long and I kind of lost my way along a little bit. I've been doing a lot of reading, so it was hard for me to like, continue to pay attention. But, um, okay, so doctors are beginning to warm up to the idea that these methods of helping people may not scientifically work, but they're doing a much better job of making patients well at a much lower cost than mainstream care. And they're actually trying to learn from it even though they have been quoted to think before that medicine has long decreed acupuncture, homeopathy, and the like dangerous and nonsense that preys on the gullible. (laughs) Literally calling people stupid. (laughs) And they're saying it works no better than a placebo. Mainstream medicine uses the placebo effect all the time. Doctors don't tell you that the drug they're giving you is better than a placebo. Okay, this one was a little bit crazy about mental health. Okay. A number of studies have indicated that most antidepressants don't do better than placebos. To a recent study, it concluded that 85% of new prescription drugs hitting the market are little to no benefit to patients. They'll end up feeling better. They'll test healthier. But it's just because you know you're getting treatment. It's in your head and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a part of your ritual to see like a person who you think is helping you. And apparently being kind and being warm and being welcoming has so much to do with it. Like if you, you will respond so much better to someone who genuinely, it seems like they're trying to help you than to like mm-hmm. a cold doctor who's just like, take these pills and like leave that kind of thing. Um, in 2002, they found out that fake knee surgery involving only an incision and nothing else did as much to relieve arthritis as the standard procedure. In 2009, they did Hold the on. same thing for osteoporosis. Hold on. Okay. How would you even begin to get ethics approval to do that study? Like, to get funding for a study... You basically have to art like if you have to deceive someone, you have to like argue why the deceit is necessary and why like the benefits of the deceit will outweigh like the psychological effects of deceiving somebody. But how mm-hmm. how in the world did doctors convince some funding body that I'm gonna bring this patient in, I'm gonna tell him that I'm gonna do surgery on his knee, I'm gonna put him under, and then I'm just gonna give him a little cut and tell him that I fixed him. <laughs> How do you get approval to do that, to, like, deceive (laughs) someone at that level? Maybe they were part of their own, like, clinical thing, and they're like, we're trying out a new method for arthritis in the knee, and, you know, do you consent to being a part of this experiment without telling them, like, explicitly that they were just not doing anything? I hate that, like, they're taking this fact that placebo works so well and using it as, like, a how can we start to trick people rather than a, like... right why is placebo so effective? And as you were saying, like, maybe it's just when people feel like they're actually being recognized and heard Mm -hmm. and understood and people are connecting empathetically with you, that it works. So maybe we can actually just start to use some of those care tactics instead of just tricking patients and convincing them to spend money and put drugs in their body that aren't doing anything. 
I think that could attribute to why people have been turning so much more to these like different types of medicine or like alternative mm-hmm. medicine as they called it in this article because it's just so much more comforting to deal with someone who actually even if they don't truly understand you to to try to understand yeah. you and to try to actually listen to you and like you just feel a lot better when you go there and you genuinely feel like optimistic about mm-hmm. what's going to happen and about going to like this care place and like you know getting better and stuff like that like ugh. so 59% of patients with stomach discomfort were helped by sham treatments in medicine the placebo is usually a sugar pill with no active ingredients and cures 30% of patients I don't get why doctors are like let's just deceive people I get yeah. paid four hundred thousand dollars a year to deceive people. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> some doctors will tell patients that they're getting the placebo, but they'll kind of say something like, "We don't know why this works, but it just works with so many people," and they give them the placebo, and then next thing you know, it works. <laughs> um, Uh, Something that doctors were kind of mad at, like, holistic practitioners for is the fact that they don't have the same degrees and levels of education as doctors do, which means that it's easier for them to lie, technically, and it's easier for them to be like, oh, this is what acupuncture does for you, this is... I don't, I don't really know what the freaking psychological stuff behind that is, but I think it has something to do with that oath that you have to take when you become a doctor about, mm-hmm. like, doing okay. no harm and stuff like that. So, luckily, like, it seems like the practitioners, like the holistic practitioners, the alternative medicine people aren't really doing any harm necessarily. Like, they're just kind of, like, giving people what they need, like, some support <laughs> through, mm-hmm. their, through their issues. But apparently doctors are really pissed at that because they're like, oh, God, like... You know, like, if only you could tell people that this stuff doesn't work, then people would stop going to you and people would start coming to, like, regular medicine. It's like, yeah. I mean... Probably. But people believe it genuinely works. I feel like I sit on the fence with that one because I can understand it from the perspective that, like, most of the time, these holistic treatments aren't covered by insurance Mm -hmm. or by, like, OHIP, you know, so you're, like, paying out of pocket. So I can see people getting mad about, like, if there's deceit going on about the effects of that thing and people are paying large sums of money for that service. I understand that. But I also think that like, if a lot of doctors are prescribing things for the placebo effect, like I'd rather go and get a massage (laughs) than take a bunch of chemicals. If I'm going to get the same effect, if it's just a placebo thing, like I'd rather, you know, do a fun one. Yeah. Nice person. Not like Mm. the, clinical doctor who gives me a prescription and then I have to wait in choppers for like 30 minutes like no it sounds like more fun not exactly fun or nice or anything like that just to get a placebo which is something that you're gonna get from someone else except you actually have to pay for it I mean yeah a little bit of unethical stuff going on there doctors (laughs) I have a little bit more evidence about how um crystals actually working allegedly okay so uh, many parents um, use these ambler, amber necklaces. They're called Baltic amber necklaces for teething infants and toddlers uh, because apparently it releases some sort of um, succinic acid into the bloodstream, which is a pain reliever, and it makes oh, inflammation cool. go away. Yeah, kind of. And it like reduces 
ear pain and stomach pain and respiratory system pain, which is kind of awesome. And cats have quartz in their pineal glands and they make you feel better. <laughs> There's like this whole trend on TikTok. I'm sure you guys have seen it where they're like, oh yeah, cats have like quartz and quartz is known for its healing powers. So that's why when you're I'm not on super that sad. Yeah, yeah. When you're feeling super wow. sad, your cat will like come up to you and lie down on you and like start purring and stuff and activate like a little pi the pineal gland, which is like the one that releases the sleep hormones. Kind of cute, right? So they'll fall asleep on you and you'll be like, okay, life is okay because I have a cat here. Can I, I have something okay. to do with quartz? Okay. For both of those arguments, I have counter arguments. Let's hear them. The, the amber thing, um, like amber is just like honey that's been trapped under the ground and it gets turned into a crystal. So the chemical mm -hmm. thing that's coming off of the amber is basically just like sugar, honey. And like honey <laughs> does have a lot of healing characteristics, that's but I don't so think cool. it's, but that's, that's an example of it not being the crystal. If there is a chemical that's coming off of the crystal, like that's not the crystal that's helping it. It's the chemical, if you know what I mean. Because the whole thing about yeah. crystals isn't that like the minerals and the chemicals in them help you. It's that like the crystal the energy, some kind of like, yeah. The vibrations. That, that one doesn't really prove much. And then the cat thing. I agree that cats make you feel calm, but I don't think it has to do anything with the quartz in them. I, I don't I, mean, I don't get that I, correlation. That also sounds like one of those ones where they're like, cats make you calm. Cats have quartz. Quartz makes you calm. But yeah, yeah, you know, I know. causation I'm kind of is like, always correlation. Iffy about that one too. Oh, that's a good one. Causation isn't always correlation. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm a little iffy about that one too. It's like kind of questionable. I'm not 100% sure. Like cats made me feel better before I knew there was quartz in it. And it just could be mm -hmm. having a living thing with you in that like moment when you're feeling sad that can completely like turn you around and be like, ah, oh, existence. I've heard, okay, this kind of, goes back to the vibration thing so there actually there's been like studies on the purr of a cat and its frequency does have actual like healing properties so maybe yeah it has more to do with that than like the quartz that they have but like their actual oh my God. purr has something to do with Cats it or like at the, the same <laughs> area <laughs> yeah the weight too i've heard that too yeah <laughs> i've heard about the weight as well like weight like a weight of something kind of like helps treat anxiety and stuff like that's what mm -hmm. emotional support dogs are trained to do if you're like having like a panic attack they'll like come on like put their body on you and it helps mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. maybe cats vibrate at the same level that the quartz in their pineal gland no. vibrates at and no stop vibrations okay. that just... vibrate with your okay, body no 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 no, no. too many levels too. just maybe cats vibrate at three. the same frequency as humans there's no quartz. Quartz, the quartz does not need to be involved. <laughs> we don't. Quartz has nothing to do with it. <laughs> has that even been proven by anyone off of TikTok? Like, no. who came up with that fact that no cats idea. have rocks in them? It's Where like did the quartz rocks. come it's from? Thing of quartz. I don't. I don't know. And it's in the brain too. I, I so don't it's kind of confusing how that. like quartz got under, in the brain. Yeah. Why is it there? How did it get there? I don't there? know. Because um, cats are healers. Because they are rocks incarnate. Duh. Our <laughs> answers are just create more questions. <laughs> just a part continue. of their body. I don't know. Damn. Electromagnetic fields. That's how we vibrate through the electromagnetic fields. Bro. You're really going to have to explain that idea more. Like, just. 
I what do you mean the electro what do you mean it's the same as bluetooth <laughs> what <laughs> what do we you know bluetooth, bluetooth with crystals yeah it's the same vibration bro we mm -hmm. bluetooth with crystals they mm -hmm. vibrate us and we vibrate them and we vibrate together they act like a magnet and they suck out all the negative vibes and make That's room for fresh vibes. Bluetooth doesn't do that, though. Bluetooth just connects my phone to my watch. It doesn't suck out any That's, vibes. It doesn't need to... That's or a dial. It's a comparison. What? I'm sorry, I'm eating. Is that actually how Bluetooth works? <laughs> through vibrations? Through the electromagnetic field? Yeah, definitely. Probably. Okay. <laughs> okay. Seems legit. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you guys back to crystals for just one more second. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So the problem that I kind of have with the crystal industry is that people are gatekeeping crystals because people will buy them at lower costs. So when I was looking into Multivite, this was a couple days ago, somebody was going online and they were like, oh, this is so awesome. I just bought my first piece of Multivite. It was like the size of a dime. And they were like, this is great. It was only $20 for this tiny, teeny, tiny rock. And I will go into the comments and everyone is talking about how they're not a real crystal because a crystal that size, if it was real, it would be 50 to $60, 80 to $100 for anything a little bit larger. Just very, very expensive because of the rarity of the crystal, right? Wow. And it's kind of fucking annoying because I'm pretty sure you're getting scammed if you're spending that much money on, on a rock? crystal. Like, I'm pretty sure you are more likely to get scammed as you are spending less money on a placebo effect okay so how dare you try to take away somebody else's happiness and somebody else who feels like this is working for them because mm -hmm. you in your capitalistic brain think that it's your place to step in and tell them that it's not real crystals and that they're not doing real healing just let people live their goddamn lives like i can't and i also like i hate that mentality too of like the higher price associated with something the better quality it is like yeah some stores will literally just price their items higher to get people to buy it like it's a strategy to get people to buy more if you price things higher because like it creates this idea that it's better quality or that it's like prestigious to own when in reality you're I just paying more for like I, nothing that is, that is a placebo effect yeah. price is literally a placebo effect yeah <laughs> like and then if somebody were to offer you something at the right price you'd be like mm. that's a scam i yeah. have to pay like, more for this no way. like are you serious maybe just do what makes i i don't know it was just really fucking annoying um yeah it was just really fucking stupid and i was yeah, I was just like, okay, everybody needs to like shut up and just let people live their lives because I can't. <laughs> this is so annoying. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I have one more quote from a mine worker who is working at the places where like the real crystals are being mined in. And there was this journalist who went to go investigate to see if the conditions were good. And like, obviously the conditions aren't great. It's a mine. Like they're being paid yeah. like pretty good and stuff like that. And the journalist was like, oh my gosh, like your job is like, it must be like so difficult and job. And the miner goes, 
your job looks horrible to me. I feel, <laughs> I feel for you. I'm glad that you're willing to do it because we need people like you. I ain't fucking doing it. No way. I'd rather die in a mine any day. No doubt. Holy shit. No, not happening. Spell check. You're out of your fucking mind. End quote. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Is that minor okay? Yeah, he's fine. He loves his job. <laughs> can tell. <laughs> My God, that was so he must aggressive. Must be making a lot of money off crystals. He like, must be, yeah. Or I he must just really hate talking art. to other people. Possibly. It's like I can't well. imagine being a journalist. That would suck. Talking to people. Yeah. Ugh. Put me in a hole in the ground, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the journalist was going in, being like expecting to get some sort of like next level. Like the working mm. conditions are Expose, terrible, and yeah. nobody. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I was, he was like, really I love my digging. job. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, there's no way you love your job. You must be exploited. And he's like, no, we, we, sell, the, we sell the giant rocks that we dig for a pretty good price. Uh, all 800 of my men are very well fed and we are happy. <laughs> the journalist's LOL. like, mm. <laughs> there's got to be a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people story? like collect the actual real rocks for, not for healing purposes, just like because they're nice rocks. And if you are collecting them for because healing purposes and you want to pay $7 for Moldavite, I think that's totally fine. And if it's not working, it's not because you don't have a real rock. It's, it's Why maybe it? it's because you don't believe hard enough in the placebo effect or you're not ready for the change. Like, fucking kill me now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's you're just, just playing like into so capitalism. Yeah. You're just playing into it. You're allowing yourself to get scammed by the system. Stop so, it. Like, where do you sit on crystals? Because you've been a little bit back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion on crystals? I, I believe in the placebo effect. Okay. So is that similar to your opinion or not? <laughs> on like horoscopes that you don't believe yeah. that they're like actually real, but if they bring benefit to people, you're like fucking do it man honestly yeah yeah. like that's i think that's a big personality trait of mine where it's like i fucking i I can see both sides (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i am willing to accept both of them you know what i mean unless people are being dicks about it yeah yeah and it's like that exploitation part that's like the problem Mm -hmm. of like convincing people that they need to spend 60 dollars on a rock for yeah otherwise it's happening for them in their life I know and then like if if it doesn't happen to you then you need to spend more money on a better rock or on a different rock yeah like it's your fault you're not doing something right because the rock isn't doing anything wrong it's just a piece of the ground duh (laughs) oh it's so stupid yeah it's just like profiting off of yeah that's really sad sad people people. mad people lonely oh my god lonely people 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 with problems People trying to buy solutions to their problems. It's so sad. It is so sad. And I don't want it to happen anymore. Here's, okay, here's, here's a piece of advice, guys. Go to a beach, to a forest, to your driveway, to a gravel patch. Stand there for a minute. Look at all the rocks. And then just pick the rock that calls you. Okay? Yeah. It's free. And it's going to make you feel good. I collect rocks. They all make me feel good. I didn't pay any money for all of them, but like they make a self-selected me rock. I think that is the rock found the most you. powerful thing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You were ready for that rock to come into your life. Oh, like it yeah, literally girl. found you. Speak it to it me. It was like <laughs> Jeez. 
it was like pick me you need me right now yeah so you listen to your intuition some good change to your life Mm -hmm. stop making people feel bad now spending all the money yeah (laughs) it's a placebo do a little bit of research literally the first thing you find when you google do crystals hurt do crystals work is like no (laughs) do one google search please and like if you do believe in the healing power of crystals and you have like arguments i am fully ready to hear them i mean i might not believe them and like i'm on your side at the same time if crystals are working for you then they work doing it yeah yeah (laughs) if it helps you if it makes you happy do it yeah exactly but don't feel like you need to pay a hundred dollars for it and yeah that's my opinion everybody just needs to chill <laughs> where they calm including the myself down. <laughs> calm down god damn it <laughs> take that frown and turn it right round upside down why don't you mean and agree 233 down glasgow straight be the monkey and the junkie out of junkie old oldsmobile that brings us to the end of the podcast everybody thank you so much for listening this week we are really glad that you made it to this part of the podcast thank you for joining us whether you were drinking coffee driving in the car going to bed just hanging out in your room we're glad we could vibe with you there's nothing more we love than hanging out with you we're glad that we (laughs) share vibrations with you yeah your phone is vibrating right now you know and it's our vibrations being sent to you because everything Uh, vibrates Uh, over bluetooth yeah <laughs> of course, everything is connected. <laughs> um, thanks for listening to Courtney's opinions on how art is a scam and how it's just really for the bourgeoisie. And maybe we should take a second look at this whole art thing, and maybe the rest of us can use it for tax fraud too. I mean, that wasn't the takeaway, but maybe but it, was. it is an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to my opinions on rocks. Another. Another kind of like pseudoscience brought to you by Lydia, where just do it if it helps, pretty much. And everyone just don't, 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 you don't need to capitalize on everything, okay? Just people are happy. Just let them be goddamn happy. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at very.unimportant.people. You can find us on Twitter at vunimportantppl. You can email us at hatersclickhere at gmail.com, and that's H A T R. Absolutely H- not, no. Sorry, that's H-A-H-H-T-R-S. Click here at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> Bear with me through that. <laughs> um, and you can find us on TikTok, too. We're very unimportant people. We post some stuff that's a little bit different than the stuff you find on our Instagram. So if you want to check that out, you definitely can. It's just a little bit of bonus stuff, but most of it's kind of the same. <laughs> but we'll appreciate the followers. We're at six right now, so I mean, we're making moves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we will see you guys next week and have a great